welcome to the next episode of Woke Woman Writing, and welcome to season two! Hell yeah! Let's go! We had about uh, three weeks uh, three weeks break in between season one and season two, and we are back, baby! Oh, I'm feeling good about this, and I hope you are excited as well! Uh, yeah! Uh, what have I been doing the last three weeks? Uh, I've been attempting to do some self-studying, doing a graduation project. Um, yeah, just applying for internships as well, trying to like, in short, just trying to get my shit together, which I think a lot of us right now are. Um, I've been connected in my church community quite a bit, which has been very nice. Um, I have like a women's conference this weekend, which is very, very exciting. I'm recording this on, um... Friday, March 12th, so I'm going to, like, I'm watching a video tonight and then going to a friend's place on Saturday to watch the rest of the women's conference. It's called Color Conference. It's by Hillsong. So I'm very, very excited about that. I had a lovely day yesterday with a church girlfriend that I didn't know that well, and by the end of the day, like, we just hit it off so well. And I feel like most of the time in, like, uh, my church girlfriend community, I have to like watch what I say and I can't be like sex positive or what have you and I just really clicked it with this girl and I was just like hell yeah like I really felt like I could be my genuine self which is not always the case in my uh in my church community so yeah cool so new season new book right that's exciting um we will be starting the book titled unladylike it is a field guide to smashing the patriarchy and claiming your space. This is written by Christine Conger and Caroline Irvin, with illustrations by Tyler Frida. And I love Tyler Frida. I think I follow her on Instagram. She has some other books as well. Um, one of the books is called Dancing in the Pity Party, I believe. And she just does a lot of really cool illustrations. So, uh, this is quite a big book, I would say. It has 10 chapters, and they're quite large chapters, so I think I'm going to break them down in a part one, part two for each one. And today we get the full introduction, so that's exciting. Uh, I feel like the book we did last time, uh, Women Don't Are You Pretty by Florence Given, was more about like self-growth and self-learning and outlearning certain behaviors, certain thought processes, and this is more about like core feminism and how to fix societal problems and also how to like fix ourselves but in a more like concrete way it also includes a lot of history about feminism which i did not know uh which i will be gladly sharing with you guys yeah so i'm very excited about this i'm also thinking of starting an instagram for this podcast but i'm hesitant because i don't I feel like that's a fun way to engage with you guys, but I don't know how much um, interaction there would be. So, but you know, I don't know if I can try, and I'm worried if I'll be able to maintain it or not. But we shall see, shall we? Okay, so this is the introduction. Let me go through back. I took a lot of notes because it is a little bit of a different plot, like um, organized differently than our last one so it took me a little bit longer to kind of figure out how i was going to do this so first off um let's start with a little bit of history 
um, of what it meant or means to be quote-unquote ladylike. And the first picture we get in this book is this beautiful illustration of two women. One says, then act like a lady, and has like a well-bred cat, a dainty, pretty pink dress, pearl necklace, and then it's like, now it's, you know, armpit hair, tummy out, adopted cat, mom jeans, like, love it. So, back in the Jim Crow law days, so if you're American, you should be familiar with Jim Crow. Uh, basically, when um, the separate but equal is what that was coined around, um, keeping black and white people separated and quote-unquote equal, but we all know it was not equal. Separate water fountains, separate sections of the buses, right. So basically, back in those days, to be a lady, like, was only um, white women. And black women were not seen as ladylike. They were put in a completely different category. Um, and there was multiple women that spoke out about the inequality between white and black women. Um, names that I recognize in history classes like W.E.B. Du Bois, Ida B. Wells. Um, I think one of those women gave a speech and she and it coined like the Ain't I a Woman? Ain't I a Woman? I remember a black teacher I had in middle school told us all about that and it was very interesting. So, yeah, and these black women spoke out about you know, the, the inequality, the sexual violence perpetrated against African Americans during Jim Crow, like the lynchings, all that bad stuff. Um, and they took power to the pen and they wrote about it and they became, or they tried to become journalists and speaking up about it. Yeah. So one of them, Wells, yeah, the name, Ida B. Wells, she was in a train and it was like the ladies train car and there wasn't a designated blacks only car so it, it wasn't like blacks to the back and whites to the front it was just whites only train car and she wrote in her autobiography which i will quote the moment he caught hold of my arm, I fastened my teeth in the back of his hand. I had braced my feet against the seat in front of him and was holding to the back. And as he had already began, been badly bitten, he didn't try it again by himself. He went forward and got the baggage man and another man to help him. And of course, they succeeded dragging me out. So she's speaking about being physically dragged out of a whites-only train. And then she sued the railroad company and she won. But when it came up in the Tennessee Supreme Court, uh, the rulings was the unladylike persistence came up to the judge's verdict, which just can like it just can like perpetrates the the how being unladylike was sp even spoken in court, yeah. So then that was Jim Crow law times. Fast forward to the nineteen hundreds, and. This was very much when women were like this docile um, mom, wife figure, clean the house, do the cooking, do the cleaning, very like stereotypical. And there was four points, um, four points mentioned 
in what the 1900s patriarchal dream girl looked like. So they used the word P-I-E-T-Y, Petty, Petiti, and basically that just means um, Christian and to be like close to the Bible. And if you're not going to obey your husband, at least you can obey Jesus, who is another man convinced. Like, isn't that nice that it's, if it's not your husband, it's Jesus and you can obey him instead when your husband's out of the house, you know? And a lot of the magazines were just like, oh, religion is exactly what women need and it just suits them so well. Yeah. So there was that. There was also uh, purity, which I think we all kind of know what that means, like only pleasing your husband and making babies with him and like keep your hands where we can see them. Like basically just only and you have to be a virgin when you marry him but he doesn't have to be a virgin he marries you of course because that's just how it went how it still goes i assume not i assume i know that's how it still goes being submissive in the 1900s so you know and this is also in like those silly sitcoms when like the husband is just like this dopey little foolish guy and like the woman's I'm getting text messages. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. I was getting WhatsApp notifications. And so, basically, they just have to, like, hold their teeth and be level-headed. And then domesticality. And that's just, you know, being a wife and a mom. And these are the patriarchy dream girl traits that were meant, that was supposed to hold in the 1900s. So, yeah, that wasn't, that wasn't great, and I think we've made some progress to that, but not fully, um, and then as the 21st century approached, um, there was this march in 1970, the women's libros, they were like, you know, the burn the bra kind of thing, when you think about that, they were burning the bras, and they wanted this magazine CEO that worked at ladies home journal and they demanded that a female manager take the place of the editor-in-chief um because it was a woman's magazine and they were just like yo we don't want a man writing this woman's journal telling women how they should and should not act like (laughs) can we get a woman please um yeah and so eventually a woman did make a promotion to the woman the magazine did make a promotion to the woman, but like three years later. So, yeah. That was like a little history lesson like at the beginning of the introduction, which is quite interesting. And then there was this very detailed um, 21st century patriarchy and you, a flowchart. So, this beautiful flowchart, I took a long time reading all of it, and it just goes into like. Um, different, if you're sex, male or female, here are the different chromosomes that could be with you, um, the different sexualities, like, the different gender and gender identities, like, it also goes into, like, the stereotypes, um, so for example here, 
I'll just go through one little thing. So it says gender stereotypes, gender norms, based assumptions of his and hers, masculine and feminine, such as temperament, domesticality, occupations, personal appearance. And then it says, it has an arrow, are you pretty enough? Body baggage, fat shaming, cellulite woes, body hair blues, pursuit of pettiness, nipple nonsense. So, and then they're also from the gender stereotype. It goes through mother or monster, mother, monster, binary, single motherhood stigma, infertility and child-free stigma, singlehood stigma, C-section stigma, wicked stepmother stereotype, and motherhood mantra. So, yeah, I don't think I can really explain all of these illustrations because they do go into quite detail, but I do really encourage you to get this book. Again, it is called Unladylike by Christine Cogger and Caroline Irvin. And I don't know if I should put these illustrations on that Instagram if I do make it, but we'll see, we'll see. We'll see what happens, because of, like, copyright stuff, I don't want to, but if I tag them, then it should be okay, I think. So then the next part was Unladylike Field Kit Packing List. So this is quite interesting to, to think about. And so the first thing was like we need intersectional binoculars you know we need to stop looking at things so one-sided and it made the um, it's funny i, I like have the, all these notes written down from literally just looking at the book the whole time um it has it goes into explaining this in a way that like we all have certain identities like layers of our identity race gender sexual orientation age, religion, political affiliations, and to think of those identities um, as like Instagram filters and like how the colors and contour perceive the status quo and to basically overlap all these different identities and see which one like you notice the most first and which one other people notice the first and how they intertwine with one another. So there was this, uh, what do you call it? Like, um, when there's a map and there's two circles and then there's, like, things in the middle of the two circles, a compare, comparison map, something like that. So anyway, it had four different circles that intertwined gender, sexuality, class, and race. And then when you combine, like, class and race, the question is, um... Like, what's, what's your shade of race and class? Because if we have class and race, how does... Yeah, what's, what's your shade? And then one that I liked a lot was gender. So, I am female. I identify as female. Cisgender plus sexuality. I'm straight, but bi-curious. Plus class. So, middle, upper class. And then adding all those together, the question is, who pays for dinner? Yeah. And then when you take gender and sexuality, and it's like, can you be slut-shamed for that? And so, and then you take race and sexuality. So I'm white and straight. Whom are you expected to date? Um, and race plus sexuality plus class. So white plus being straight plus upper middle class is a trophy wife or a gold digger so it 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 like combined the different 
identities and how that affects us in different ways. And I thought that was kind of interesting and something that we can kind of ask ourselves a little bit of how our race, gender, sexuality, and class affects things like who pays for dinner, affects things like do people see you as like quote-unquote exotic, you know? So I thought that was a very interesting little diagram. And then the next thing on the, uh, what did we call this, uh, the field kit packing list was a spectrum ometer uh, and how, you know, things only point in like two directions vertical, which now we know that there's so much more, like gender and gender identity is just so much more than just male and female. And it also goes and talks about how cisgender, hetero, monogamous, and married couples, that's the only family we really define as. Like, that's the only thing we define as family. It's like a straight couple with a child. Like, and that's, and that's a family. When in reality, family can look like so much, you know, not only just like LGBT families, but families who are polygamous and like different children like that. Um, or families with adopted children, you know, that's also a family. But I think there's always stigma when it comes to things that are out of the norm of this cisgender, hetero, monogamous, married relationships, you know? And then also, like, defining sex as penis and vagina and, like, intercourse, which, that's bullshit. And sex can be so much more than PIV. You know, I went to a Vigimistus Network uh, event last weekend and it was so great to just like talk about these things and just be sex positive and to really drill down more that sex is not just penis and vagina and it can be beautiful and it can be amazing and there's so much more you can do with your body than just like fill a freaking hole you know so it says to live unladylike we gotta fuck the binary and make space for the spectrum to shine which i love that Next thing was the pocket privilege checker. I love these, aren't these cute? So it said, to activate this, you must ask yourself, what do you have that you didn't earn? And the first thing that popped into my head, and I'm gonna ask the same question to you guys to think, what do you have that you did not earn? And the first thing that popped in my head was my Dutch citizenship. Um, it is basically the reason I live in the beautiful country that I do. It is the reason I pay less tuition than most non-EU students. And it's gained me a lot of just privilege in my current setting that I didn't notice before I moved here. You know, but other people, like um, US citizens that, what do you call it, when you take the test, I had to take the test to become citizens, they worked for that citizenship. And they earn that citizenship on their own, you know, versus I just happen to have a Dutch mom. I did not earn my citizenship. So I think that's the first privilege I thought of as well, you know, being white, being cisgender. Of course, we all know those, but that was the one that I thought was unique to me, at least. Uh, the self-worth Swiss army knife. I thought this was really cute. And just to know that your self-worth is 
like you you're i wrote something down that i liked um separating who you are with what other people project onto you so even though if you were raised in a really dark setting where like you got body shamed to look at yourself in the mirror and be like you know what who like okay i was body shamed growing up but i'm a badass girl so like i it doesn't matter and to know your self-worth and to know you are beyond what other people have called you and you are beyond what other people have like put in your mind that you're not worthy that's bs and the next thing in the list was comfy shoes so when we go marching marching on washington marching in other cities we need those comfy shoes um did i oh i don't think i wrote that one down um but there was a backlash umbrella that we're gonna you know if you are an active feminism people you're gonna get backlash um and i think one thing that i really liked is that finally whenever we start feeling adrift uncertain or anxious mind over mantra stay curious build empathy and raise hell yeah and then this chapter ended with where's my atom thing this chapter ended with a ladylike matrix that the up and down values and just the y value i haven't made a graph in a long time was ladylike at the top and unladylike at the bottom and then on the left the x value was likable and on the right was unlikable and it had all these um like either names or stereotypes in somewhere in that graph so for example there was ladylike and unlikable was daddy's girls and bridezilla's then there was um unladylike and likable which is hot messes and cougars like <laughs> there was ladylike and likable which it was mom jeans and nuns unlikable and unladylike evil stepmoms witches like it's stereotypical but it just had like these cute little like categories on this on this graph um yeah and then on the last page there was this beautiful map it had like it tried to create like an island of feminine femininity and an island of masculinity and then like there's a little non-binary island in the corner uh with the bridge of androgyny a on the man island the desert of suppressed emotions the volcano of violent masculinity um boys will be boys water pool on the feminine island high heel mountains under boob sweat swamp and there was the transgender pass and yeah it was it was cute so then next week we will be starting chapter one and i think we're only going to get halfway through because these chapters are quite long and it is gender trouble witches bitches and wives so that won't be exciting um i'm wondering like is there anything else i should say on this introduction 
but just that I'm excited about doing this again. I said I was going to spend this break, like, researching software and hardware and stuff, and I'm going to be honest, I did not do that. I was like, oh, maybe I can make a theme song, and I said, I don't freaking know how to make a theme song. You know, me, like, that's, that's a project that's going to take, like, a hot minute for sure, but, yeah. Okay, I'm excited about doing this again, and I forgot how, like, happy it makes me. So, thank you so much for joining me, and I'm going to leave you with the question uh, that we talked about earlier. What do you have that you did not earn? I want you to think about that for a little while. Yeah, so... Uh, have a great day, and if you don't, can't have a great day, don't you dare go messing up somebody else's in the wise words of Tabitha Brown. Okay, I love you guys, and I will talk to you next week. Yeah, alright.